With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Lion. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... Calamar. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He's watching himself. Looking back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Alright guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are talking here right after the uh, number 32 pick in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, 32 picks on the board, Dylan, and um, an eventful draft, to say the least, uh, but also before the draft, uh, also some eventful information uh, out there in terms of uh, one Aaron Rodgers um, and so pretty pretty wild uh, draft day to say the least. Yeah that pretty much dominated like from the, the time I started working to you saw the first there were like the reports that the Niners were trying to trade for Rodgers and uh, you kind of felt alright like I'm sure that a lot of teams would love to trade for him. We heard kind of the same thing before the Rams got uh, Matthew Stafford that they had interest in Rodgers but and you know we knew he was little bit upset after um, not just because they drafted a quarterback last year and he's, he's talked about how they haven't taken these skill position players in the last you know, decade essentially but just that they hadn't communicated with him about that and we've he's said some weird things like about you know his future being a beautiful mystery that kind of stuff but today the first time when Schefter and you I mean just only because I have notifications on for Adam Schefter I know that it wasn't a fake uh, account tweeting that he wanted out of Green Bay and I was like this is not something I mean this is it's not the same at all, really. The situation is very different than what happened with Brett Favre. Uh, but just like the timelines are pretty insane in terms of both guys playing and Brett and Favre star, all of them playing exactly 16 years <laughs> with the Packers. And now you, it's just hard to imagine Aaron in a different jersey. But, yeah, that was definitely the most, uh, you know, dominated everything today in terms of the news cycle, what we're paying attention to at Clutch Points on the editorial side, on the on our social side. Like everything was just, is he going to get traded today? And, uh, you had Trey Wingo, who, you know, even though it doesn't still work for ESPN, still connected really well after all those years uh, working in, in the NFL. And he said that as of last night, Aaron thought he was being traded to the Niners. And obviously that is not the case. And I, at this point, it looks like they're going to try to move him anywhere. 
um, outside of the NFC. But man, this is it's uh it's crazy. It definitely was like, uh, you know, obviously we have a really exciting trade that we'll get to in the NFL draft and a lot of exciting things. But when you have the scope of the the MVP. Uh, wanting out from a team that he's played for his, for his entire career, for his whole, entire Hall of Fame career. It just it, it had a huge shadow over the whole first round uh, for me, but also just felt like on the whole NFL world. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, I mean, the, you know, which we normally don't start talking about the number 29 pick in the draft, but I guess <laughs> we, we can sort of start there with the Packers because, you know, you get the 29. Um, you know, I in our mock draft, I had him going with Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Uh, but they go Eric Stokes. Uh, they stay in the SEC. They go Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. Um, you know, it, it makes sense in terms of filling a need for the Packers. But, you know, you see so many people, they're like, okay, they got to go wide receiver here. They're, they're not going to just all of a sudden <laughs> try to turn everything around uh, with that one pick at number 29. That was never going to be the case. Uh, that was not going to swing, I think, Aaron Rodgers' decision at this point. And, um, you know, I think it was Lewis Riddick that pointed out, <laughs> like, th- he's he's pretty much set in what he's thinking at this point yeah. in terms of what Rodgers wants. And um, picking anyone at number 29, doesn't matter who it is, it's not going to change his opinion probably uh, unless you're trading up for, you know, <laughs> I don't know, someone in the top five maybe. But uh, at that rate, yeah, I just think that, you know, for, for the Packers, uh, I mean, th- they have needs. And certainly uh, wide receiver was one, but, uh, you know, quarterback was as well. Cornerback, absolutely. And, I mean, you could argue, like, outside of really <laughs> uh, what they did last year, you could argue that drafting anyone that, that's going to play immediately will help Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's the one thing, you know, part of last year. And this pick could end up being really good. It does fill a need, like like we're mentioning. And, the, you know, outside of Jair Alexander, they don't really have that number two shutdown corner. We'll see if that can be this, the case here for Stokes. Uh, obviously, the really, really fast guy. A uh, guy that when you think about, <laughs> not to be, this is not fair to Kevin King, but you think about when he got blown by on that, that touchdown at the end of the first half, and this uh, Stokes is the kind of guy that can actually catch up when he gets beat. That's the thing is, is uh, raw speed is insane. So yeah, on, in a vacuum, and uh, just that, like yes, it, it fills a need. They really do need another corner. They're pre- pretty middling uh, pass uh, DVOA defense team last year, despite having some pretty decent pass rushers. I. Um, and it, it absolutely was a need, but like you're saying, it's just it's objectively. Uh, Michael Jr. tweeted like it's objectively just funny that after everything that happened today, unless you're a Packer fan, then I, this is not. I feel bad for our producer Aiden, who's going to be <laughs> up tonight, record, uh, you know, putting this together for us. Uh, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, like it could work out really well for them, and hopefully, you know, for the Packers' sake, hopefully Jordan Love, they're right about him, and he ends up being the the quarterback of the future, and they just kind of pick up where they left off, just like they did with Rodgers after Favre. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's not that, you know, they needed a corner. They could have taken receiver, like you said, and Moore would have made a lot of sense there. Bateman almost fell to them. Maybe they take him if he was still available at 29. Um, but it's just – yeah, it's just after everything that happened today for them still not to take a receiver <laughs> it just became kind of funny. But I, I think the pick – you know, Stokes not a guy that we took in the first round of our – mock draft but still someone that thinks uh, an impressive skill set and surely uh, i'm sure enough the packers i'm very confident what he'll be able to do uh, right away for them yeah i think so and uh that was not the only storyline as we know the rogers thing i'm sure we'll be discussing uh if he doesn't get traded uh before the start of uh next week when we do our next episode but um i how about this before we get into the actual draft portion like is there anywhere 
that stands out in terms of, okay, I could see this happening. Because I, we all know how this is going to work. Like, it's going to come out of nowhere. It's going to be a complete shock probably wherever he goes. Like, But I mm-hmm. guess if you start to look around, um, we know it's not the Niners now. But, <laughs> I mean, it gets interesting after that, doesn't it? Because, like you said, I, I mean, they're not trading him to anyone. Um, you know, they're not going to trade him to a rival. They're not going to trade him to – um, you know, in the division, or like you said, probably trying to do it outside the NFC. But yeah. uh, that that list becomes pretty interesting, uh, I guess, at that point. Yeah, much to the relief of Matthew Stafford, who thought he escaped Aaron Rodgers in the same division. <laughs> Almost had him follow yeah. him right over there. That would have been something. But in terms of, yeah, I mean, I th- uh, Mike Florio tweeted out about it. Obviously, that the, the Packers really would like the, if they, you know, again, he's prefacing it that, and as all the reports have said, the Packers are steadfast. They're not yeah. trading him. They're going to talk to him and figure this out. And they have tried to talk to him. I believe Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter both uh, reported, you know, about LaFleur and Gutekunst and, uh, like, other members of the front office going out to meet him. It's just, it seems like there's just, uh, at this point, we'll see if they can, you know, recollect. <laughs> like, it's got to be the Raiders, right? Like, that's got to be one well, of those. Well, so, yeah, that was the other. Mike Florio said that it was a wet uh, – Rodgers' preference is to go to a West Coast team, and obviously if he's not going to be an NFC, we're not – the Chargers are, I, you know, as much as uh, they love to have Aaron Rodgers, I, you know, he's still – it's just a, on the timeline of where they're going. doesn't make as much sense with how great Justin Herbert was as a rookie. Obviously, Chiefs, even though they're in the AFC West, are very much set, and they also are not on the West Coast by any means. So that pretty much leaves – yeah, it was the Broncos and Raiders that he mentioned. Uh, the Broncos obviously also – Colorado is not that close to the West Coast, even though it is in the western part of the United States. That was a team that, before the draft, Mark Schlereth was on a radio station in Denver talking about saying that it was as close to a done deal as a deal can be. And then you had Mike Kliss from uh, in Denver, a reporter there, that said that it's not happening yet and there's, there's nothing substantial. So I don't know. What's, uh, yeah, the Broncos, it seemed like for a second, but it was just going to happen. It was like a throw off like right when the NFL draft starting that was just going to even upend it more uh, but yeah the Raiders it's it, you'd think with John Gruden the idea of <laughs> all the years he's <laughs> announcing watching Rodgers on, on Monday Night Football all the times the Packers are on and just in general with all of his tape that he's done uh, you know but even before he became a coach again obviously would love the idea of, of having him to you know Derek Carr uh, put up some really good numbers had a really good year one of the top EYR, Football Outsiders uh, stat, just ranking quarterbacks. He was in the top ten. Had a solid year, but it's not it's not the reigning MVP. It's not – you just think about <laughs> how much they must be salivating at that. I don't know what their their trade, you know, that they what they would give up to make it work for the, the Packers' point of view. Not that the Packers need, you know, in their mind, a, a long-term quarterback if they must be really confident. Jordan Love to be at this spot with everything that's happened. Um so those are the two teams, though. At this point, if if you're matching, um, if you're matching where he wants to be in the conference, they make the most sense. But if he's not as set on the where in terms of the West Coast, I mean, I think a team, teams that had the most draft capital, but obviously the Jets were very focused on Zach Wilson, and you just think that their timeline too wouldn't really make sense. Does Rodgers really want to go to a team that can't compete for a Super Bowl? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Broncos have a lot of really good skill players. Yeah. And it would be a lot of fun to watch that. I, the only other one I really thought of was like that maybe possibly was like Miami. But, but again, that's very far from yeah. where he reportedly <laughs> wants to go. Yeah. I, 
I don't know. I, I, I think it makes sense that it's either the Raiders or the Broncos. But, man, like you said, I, the Raiders are not built to win right now. And that, Defensively, yeah. I mean, no. that probably wor- <laughs> I mean, that probably worries you a bit if you're Rodgers. So the Broncos would make the most sense probably. Um, mm-hmm. Look, I mean, we'll talk about it here in a second, but they they had a chance to draft a quarterback and they didn't. Um, you know, instead going the route that, you know, makes sense for them, I think, defensively. But they got, I thought, a pretty good situation there. Uh, with Patrick Sertan being there at number nine for them, yeah. But, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I I don't know. I I would I'd love to see the Raiders situation because I just think that would be such a fascinating deal, uh, knowing that the Raiders defense is not great. And <laughs> I mean, but still, you know, Rodgers would have some weapons to work with, with you know whether it's yeah. Waller or Ruggs or um, you know Josh Jacobs. You just got a lot still he could work with, but. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I think, obviously, like you said, we're we're supposed to be talking all draft here, and you know, we're like talking Aaron Rodgers because it's obviously a huge we deal. We have to. Yeah, it's, uh, we have to. But all right, let's let's roll through the drafts here. Um, no, we're not going to roll through every single pick or anything, but just the, the most notable um, situations. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going one of the Jags. We knew Zach Wilson was going two to the Jets. Number three was what we kept saying. This is where the draft started. I think you and I picked every possible scenario before we, we got to this point. I think Trey Lance was the third in that scenario. Uh, but he winds up being the one that goes number three to the 49ers. Um, the more you think about it, I think the more it makes sense. Um, you know, knowing we, we pretty much knew that Justin Fields was going to drop going into this thing. Um, but, you know, when it came down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance, you just felt like, Lance was going to be the guy, and it was for everything that, you know, all the analysts have talked about just in terms of his skill set. He's that dual-threat type guy that we know and we've come to see from the very successful quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, and so I can't say that I'm just completely shocked. I mean, we, we mentioned it was a very high possibility this could happen, but I think the more you think about it, uh, makes sense probably for the Niners to go this route. Yeah, and it makes it very likely they're not going to trade Jimmy now because – that's yeah. the thing that's always been said about Lance is he has the, the raw tools, the skills, the, the athleticism to be, you know, I don't think it's a fair comparison to say for Lance given how good Josh Allen was last year. But that is what you see, like the comparables for kind of guys in terms of the skill set of what he can possibly do. So I, there's a ton of potential there, just a guy that might not need to start right away. And while the Niners entertained, it sounds like, you know, trading Garoppolo and all the things that, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said the last couple of days it really made it seem like he was going to get moved. Now it really doesn't feel like that, uh, but it works out well in terms of you know if they weren't convinced about Mac Jones and that smokescreen man, that smokescreen was big. <laughs> it yes. ended up being exactly that. I thought you know it became clear with all the reports they weren't going to go field. I still think that would have been an interesting pick, but I think with the potential of what Lance has, obviously we talked about this being the best possible for any of these quarterbacks a uh, place to start their career in in terms of the coaching staff the talent they already have assembled a team that obviously was so banged up last year should bounce back and you know even though it's really early do expect to probably pick them as a playoff team 2021 yeah it couldn't be a much better situation for him uh and yeah you talk about fields falling i did not think he was going to fall quite as far as he did i think that's yeah. the next part we talked about we thought you know we're pretty much on with our five and six picks you you nailed Chase. I, I took the wrong Alabama receiver at number six uh, for the Dolphins as they take Waddle. But after that, I, I really did, and it made sense for the Lions. I know you, uh, when we draft, did the mock draft, weren't so sure about Sewell. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, going there if you get picked before, but it does really make sense for what they need. It's really the eight nine spots where I was surprised whether they didn't take a quarterback in the Panthers and Broncos or trade back. Obviously, they're really infatuated with those corners and uh, really helps both teams. Uh, but yeah, it's just interesting that Fields fell just far enough for uh, for our for your uh, bold prediction to come true. <laughs> yeah, he did, and um, I mean that was that's what we said. I mean it was. The, the order of these quarterbacks beyond the top two, we had no idea how it was going to play out. But, yeah, I mean, I we kind of talked about it. We were, I, we were laughing. Like, who knows what the Bears are going to do? But that's what I was like. Surely they, they have to understand that if they're in that scenario where they have this opportunity and you see one or more of these quarterbacks fall, which is what we saw here, like you have to make your move. And, and give the Bears credit like they did. And they could have mm-hmm. sat back and literally came out with nothing here at quarterback, but they made the move up knowing that they were probably one of those couple teams that we said if it wasn't the Bears, it was either going to be the Patriots or the Saints probably, uh, but it was the Bears, the one that moved up to 11 to get that spot and take Justin Fields, which, I mean, you know, I don't want to say here we go again, but, like, (laughs) it's somewhat like that in that, like, here's the next guy in line for the Bears to see you know, can this finally be the pick for, for the Bears to be able to, to kind of boost them over the top and get them to that point? Um, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see because, like we said, it's everything's on the line for the Bears, and maybe that turns out to be a problem for the staff because, like, you feel like it's all on the line this season. And, you know, can Justin Fields just immediately step in and do they have the personnel to immediately boost them, you know, into a team that can – get to where they need to be to save a lot of people's jobs. Um, that maybe is the big question here, even with them getting fields and getting what I think is a, a really good pick there at number 11. Yeah, the big winner of this pick, I think Allen Robinson, we were talking about yeah. him in our last draft, finally gets a quarterback that I'm sure he's really excited to get working with. But then also in terms of the you know the reports of the whole day, with we talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation, then we're talking about Nagy and Case, these guys that are definitely on the hot seat this year. Now you might have Aaron Rodgers moving out of the division. If, you, if Fields, you know, steps in with their defense, still should be really solid. And Fields, even if he's not, you know, having a Justin Herbert type season or anything like that, but if he still is a solid quarterback, I mean, are they the favorite? If Rodgers right. is traded, are they the yeah. favorite to win this division? I don't know. Like, probably, maybe not still with how much talent the Packers have. But it's uh, it's a day that I, you know, any any Bears fan that I've seen or talked to is very very happy about this move and you know they're not too worried about how much they gave up i've seen some front office anonymous front office uh, people in scouts that are saying you know the giants made out really well at this trade getting a first round pick next year uh, not moving too far back to the future fourth round or the third round this year so but hey i mean it could work out for both sides i really do think uh, if fields plays up to his potential i mean his skill set's amazing what again we've kind of talked about how we i didn't really think that ohio state even utilize his rushing ability maybe as much as they could have obviously they don't want to get him banged up in the NFL but just a guy that I I believe is going to be really really good and it's like after all these years of taking the quarterbacks of just you know like you know it's not the same at all I don't I don't think Deshaun Watson and Fields are exactly maybe a comparison I would make but in terms of the Bears having that guy that seemed like the surefire like you know, this is the top quarterback. He didn't he kind of fell in the in the in the draft, but everyone's still really confident what he was able to put up in college and the numbers and the performance. And then they pass on him for an unproven kind of guy. And I, this year, it just felt like it was kind of like they're writing that wrong a little bit of that kind of 
just maybe thinking too hard about this. <laughs> like, like Justin Fields, you know, again, before all the, all the, as inevitably the, the few months leading up to the draft after the season, we see these quarterbacks slide around. He was the number two guy that everyone thought for sure was going to be a Jet, and now he's with the Bears, and I think for him that works out really well. And uh, for Chicago, here it is. I mean, it's not uh, – the offensive line still needs some work. Still don't have, you know, outside of Allen Robinson the best skill group. I, it's, I still do like Mooney a lot. I'm excited to watch the Bears, which is not something <laughs> that I was going to say when I said they're just there in the last podcast. Now they're not. They're a fun team that – I'm actually really excited to watch. Yeah, excited to watch the Bears offense. I don't remember the last time um, we were at that level, but uh, I guess maybe when they drafted Trubisky. I don't know if we still thought oh, that as soon as that happened. I, I don't remember. But, uh, no, that uh, seemed awful at the moment, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, at least maybe there was a little more optimism yeah, yeah. Than, than there was a few years after that. Um, so, yeah, the Bears, I, th- I thought, you know, certainly I think you put them in as one of the biggest winners of the uh, of the first round here just based on them being able to move up um and get that pick uh, i think you know no surprise probably the falcons staying put taking kyle pitts at number four we sort of expected that if there was no trade mm-hmm. up um they get kyle pitts uh their offense is set uh at this point you mentioned it jamar chase goes to um the Bengals to reunite with um joe burrow and then Jalen waddle goes to the dolphins at six to reunite <laughs> with tua uh, this was this was a teammate night. Uh, of course, as we'll get to the Jags here in a second. Um, but we talked about Sewell goes to or, or excuse me goes to uh, the Lions at seven. Uh-huh. Then that's where you had sort of that interesting part to where the draft sort of took a turn a bit uh, when you had the Panthers go quarterback at eight with J.C. Horn from South Carolina. And we talked about Sertan goes nine to Alabama or excuse me <laughs> to the Broncos. I keep looking at these guys, um, these colleges, but uh, he goes uh-huh. to the Broncos. And, you know, that sort of set off that chain of events where you have the Cowboys swipe the Giants. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. Think about how crazy that is. Like the Cowboys swipe the Giants, but they do it to help the Eagles. Um, the NFC East, the, the gift that keeps on giving, where the Cowboys <laughs> trade out of 10. They trade with the Eagles knowing that I guarantee you 100% the Giants at 11 are taking Devontae Smith if he's there. Um, but then, you know, once that doesn't happen, the Eagles come up, they get Devontae Smith, and now yeah. the Giants are sitting there at 11 like, well, there went our guy. Um, let's trade back, and that's where the Bears come up and get fields. Uh, this was sort of that range, and we always mm-hmm. know there's there's one that happens, you know, when you have these trades, but like this, you know, this 10 through 12 uh, right here, mainly orchestrated uh, by the NFC East. This is what we talked about exactly in terms of the domino effect or the, the butterfly effect. One move completely changing everything. Like the amount of scenarios that could have gone through based on what teams did really had a huge impact. Like you're saying, maybe the Bears, I mean, let's just run through. If, if, the, if they stick there at 10, uh, the Cowboys, and, you know, draft, you know, they probably were going to take Parsons anyway. That made a lot of sense for them to do what they did. But then, yeah, like you're saying, the Giants probably not going to pass up drafting Devontae Smith there at 11. Then it's like, who's, <laughs> where are the Bears trading up before yeah. the Patriots to right. get possibly uh, Justin Fields? I don't know if the, I don't think the Vikings at 14 were going to trade down with them no. to let them get their quarterback in the future. I think the the Chargers were way too enamored with Slater to pass on him at 13. So it, uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> it becomes a pretty interesting, uh, you know, just thought uh, exercise, I guess, to think about what is the, if the Pats had the option to draft either 15. Do they still take Mac or do they take Fields? I would love to know that answer, but 
and Fed will never know it. The, the Eagles, you know, <laughs> perfect to the, the team that uh, sat their players in, against Washington in that final Sunday night football game in Raging Giants fans. Now they trade up to take their <laughs> uh, receiver that they wanted with another one of their arch rivals. It was just so much NFC East fun right there. But it really did have a huge, you know, domino effect on how everything ended up playing out uh, for the next few picks. And then we talked one real quick thing on the Panthers. One of the notes we made in the last podcast is we'd see based on if Fields and one more guy, Mac or Trey Lance, was available still. If they, we were going to really learn how much they're, you know, confident in uh in Sam Darnold. And sure enough, I mean, J.C. Horn, you know, they did need a lot of help on that defense. They ranked 23rd in defense uh, DVOA with their pass defense. J.C. Horn, you know, whether he's like the 1A, 1B cornerback was was Sertan. I mean. It feels, it feels a big need, but the fact that Fields is there and they didn't take him, I do think that says something about, you know, yeah. they really do feel like Sam Darnold just, you know, needs a reset. He's still a really young guy. He's drafted really young, and it feels like they're pretty confident in him uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think that's for sure. That's exactly what it tells you at eight because you did have two quarterbacks drop, um, and that was a possibility. I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever the, the, the Broncos made their pick at nine, it's their ten, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there still seeing the Cowboys on the clock at ten, I'm thinking – Jerry has got a loaded wide receiver group, but he's going to go out and grab Devonta Smith here. Just like, just like I just knew it was coming. I was like, this guy's going to go out and get a wide receiver when they don't even need a wide receiver at all. Um, but when they made that trade, that just I, I was laughing. I was like, you, mm-hmm. you got to be like they trade with the <laughs> Eagles to to swipe the Giants. Um, that is just Perfect. that is NFC East uh, right there. But yeah, then you um, you know you go to the next biggest point of this, and this is what everyone's going to be talking about. Uh, when you talk about the biggest winners, I mean, if this guy turns out to be the type of quarterback that we, you know, a lot of people projected, mm-hmm. we, again, we were thinking he may go number three. The Patriots do not even have to move. Um, they don't have to lift a finger to get their quarterback yeah. at number 15. And I, I still think, I, I, I think all along when you when you really think about it, like Mac Jones, I feel like was going to be their guy. I don't know they're just whether it's the Alabama connection. I don't know what it is, but like, I just, he was going to be their guy, it seemed like, if he didn't go to the 49ers. Um, and so for them just to sit there at number 15 and wait and wait and wait, and you're just seeing the board fall. And then when the Bears moved up, you knew. It was like, okay, that's it. Like, the Patriots are going to get Mac Jones. Like, you knew at that point at 11 that was what was going to happen. Um, you know, yeah. unless the Jets decided to you know, screw over the Patriots or something if someone else <laughs> wanted to move up. But um, I just that's that's the storyline here. The Patriots mm-hmm. go quarterback first round, don't have to move for it. We talked about all the moves they've made in the offseason. Like, Belichick is all in, and uh, he's all in on Mac Jones. No, this worked out really well for him, like you're saying. I, I, I did for a moment when the Jets traded up. I was like, oh, no, are they going to like – no, I, well, did you see what happened? <laughs> look, look, here's what happened, and I, I wish I would have caught this because this is one of those things that goes viral on Twitter. Um, but on the screen on ESPN, they had like a mistake. Like it was very split second oh, really? to where they had number 14, the Jets, and they had Mac Jones in a Jets jersey. And I'm thinking <laughs> like on the graphic on the screen, I, I promise you I will find this and I'm going to send this yeah. to you tomorrow. But um, it's got to be on the recording still, but like they had accidentally put up the pick at number fourteen. It said Mac Jones, quarterback, New York Jets, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my god, like the Jets are the only team that would draft two quarterbacks in the top fourteen. Uh, but that was obviously a mistake. But I, I was just laughing at that. I'm like, oh my gosh, the the Jets want to stick it to the Patriots so bad that they're going to take two quarterbacks in the top fourteen. 
I suppose they could have had like some other team they knew wanted him and like flipped him right yeah. before the Pats, but then why would that team not trade up for him? Right. Yeah, it was yeah, it was just a weird kind of thing when that they traded up there. I didn't expect that, but I mean, and I, I don't know if Elijah Vera Tucker he may have still been there. I know we drafted him fairly high. I, I didn't know you know there's some other tackles that uh, did not even go in the first round that we had in our in our first round and thought maybe they could have probably sat where they were, but yeah, for the Patriots, like you're saying, it just felt. Like if Mac Jones looks and feels like it's a Patriots quarterback, like maybe I know he's like posted a picture like a couple of years ago, the similarities of his body type to Tom Brady with their <laughs> shirts off when they got drafted just kind of look like uh, not to be, you know, they're obviously <laughs> supreme athletes, but don't exactly look like it. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but anyway, I mean, yeah, in terms of, but I mean more so just you look at even like what Garoppolo was able to do in their offense before. And just in terms of the act, you know, we have accurate passers in the intermediate areas, great footwork. I mean, Mac Jones even especially draws up. I mean, even though he can't possibly put on a guy that obviously has won seven Super Bowls now, but six with the Patriots, there's no, it's not fair to even possibly consider Mac Jones in that kind of realm, but he does have eerily similar like body movements, the way he processes the field, the way he's, Obviously, he's going to go from having some of the most talented receivers in the NFL to a receiving corps that we know needs a lot of work. I'm an offensive line that uh, you know should bounce back was not exactly spectacular, but did have some decent moments last season. So yeah, that's I mean as much as I you know when I made the bold prediction the Patriots would trade up to draft Fields, and I said like that would make the AFC East the most intriguing division. I still think with Mac there that they're going to be insanely intriguing. I don't know if he's going to start right away. They still have Cam, obviously. And Mac has said all the right things about getting drafted there and being excited to work with him, being excited to work with Stidham. So it's definitely that. The Bears, get, I mean, the quarterbacks always dominate the story. And in this case, it was we knew the first two. And then Lance created a lot of intrigue, obviously, with the Niners. But then you know, the Bears and now the, the the Patriots, we'll find out if this was the right – maybe he just was the perfect guy for their scheme. I don't – you know, there's a reason, like, what, when we did the mock draft, we thought Fields should have been the third quarterback off even possibly the second still, and then we have Lance going before. We we did have Mac Jones being the fifth quarterback off, I guess, just a little bit yeah. closer um, in our draft. And But it just, yeah, it worked out, like you're saying, so well for the Patriots. They were patient. They did not, you know, panic uh, in terms of when they got to that spot. Maybe they just they felt confident about what was going to happen in front of them, and, it, yeah, it worked out really well for them. Hopefully it does for the Bears, too. I Still more maybe more excited for to see how Fields works out in Chicago, but, I mean, the, the Patriots – this could, if he, if this works out, and he, you know, they don't have to rush him. Also, uh, you know, another comparison, I guess, maybe like a Matt Ryan kind of, and what the Rams did hope Jared Goff was going to become. Maybe Jared had a little at the time, not as, uh, not as great of a pocket presence. He did play with some pretty bad offensive lines at Cal, but um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be really interesting to watch what he does, and that, that whole division. I really, I, I still do believe now. It's like it's really becoming a division. I, I, all those games are going to be so fun to watch, and so. Intriguing here for as you as you coined it on the last podcast, Belichick's uh, last stand. <laughs> yes, that that's it, and he is he's all in um, for sure. And you know, I guess a couple other takeaways before we wrap up. Like I, I, I look around, I'm like, I feel like everyone actually did a like everyone did a pretty good job here. Like I mean, even like yeah. the teams at like 20, like the Giants getting Kadarius Tony at 20. I think that's really good value. Um, we talked about Quiddy Pay at 21 to the Colts. Like that's good. Uh, Farley, you know, to go or fairly to go at at 22. Um, I know, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the back issues and all that, but I think still, 
I mean, at full strength, you know, which this is a Titan specialty at this point, you draft injured players and, um, <laughs> you know, some of them work out, some of them don't, but uh, you felt like the Titans, at least they go this route at 22. And then I think for the Vikings to get Derisaw 23, yeah. you know, I mean, our, some, some people thought he was the second or third best, you know, lineman in the draft and they get him at 23 after trading down. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, Najee Harris at 24 like that makes sense for the Steelers. Um, Etienne at, at 25 to reunite him with Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, Urban Meyer's mm-hmm. all in on Clemson. Uh, I just think really for the most part, like, I feel like, I mean, look, we could go back and, and some of these guys are going to be busts. Like, that's just the math. It's it's going to work out that way. But, like, overall, I don't really feel like except for one team, and we all know who this one team is because they do it every year, the Raiders, who at 17 <laughs> – Take Alex Leatherwood, very good player, by the way. Like he's yeah. he's outstanding. But what was he projected? Probably middle of second round, maybe yep. late second round uh, by some people. And I mean, this is what we know. Like this is what the Raiders do. They they don't care about that stuff. Like they go out and get the guy they think um, that. I mean, ESPN had him ranked as the 60th best player in the draft. Yeah. And so, like again, he's an Alabama guy. Like Raiders love their Alabama guys. Um, they love their Clemson guys, uh, but, I mean, they have a lot of success. We get it. But, uh, I mean, that's that's one that a, a lot of people are probably going to circle. But really, for the most part, like, I look everywhere else and I'm like, like, those teams in the 20s got some really good value. I thought even, yeah. like, the Browns at 26 to get, uh-huh. to get Greg Newsom all the way <laughs> at 26. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman at 27. Like, it's just, I thought there was just a lot of good value here. Yeah, in terms of the Raiders, like you're saying, you go back to Cleveland Farrell, even Damon Arnett, these picks where guys were valued way below where they took them, and it's like fine that you want those guys, but just you got to read the room a little bit in terms of if you want, if you're really confident in Leatherwood, you probably could have traded down. And, and like we're talking about the – this is the second straight year for the Vikings that they've just well, – there's the video of them like laughing what last year when the Eagles passed on Jeff, Justin Jefferson right before them. They're probably doing the same thing. I mean, they, they tra- traded back nine spots to get arguably the guy they would have taken at 14 yeah. <laughs> and Christian Derrissaw. And it's like it's the Vikings have manipulated some of these mid to late round, first round picks last year and this year now to perfection. Um, I, yeah, that, that one has to be one of the best picks for me. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, the Browns, obviously, with Greg Newsom. Now think about all the help that they're getting back at corner uh, opposite of Denzel Ward. But – uh, you know, Greedy Williams, com- Greedy Williams coming back and should be healthy. And they, you know, they brought in John Johnson and the Browns. I mean, it's just like, man, that secondary suddenly went from having some holes to looking pretty deep and pretty scary. And uh, you know, a guy that arguably was, you know, could have been the, the second DB taken or the third. I mean, I, I'm excited for what Caleb Farley can do. Really love watching him when he's healthy, um, obviously. And I think I hope he works out there for Tennessee. But yeah, like you said, there's not a lot of like. They're always going to be a little bit with the running backs taken that early. Did they reach? Did they, could they have waited? But, I mean, those two, two really insanely talented guys, especially the Steelers, you think about they're, they're all in for this year. Did they really needed another skill player back there. Have not, you know, they've had issues with the offensive line with it aging out a bit, but I think Harris is still a really intriguing prospect there. Uh, one name that of a team that we didn't mention quite yet, but I think is a, a home run draft pick is for the uh, Ravens getting Rashad Bateman. I, we, yeah. we had him going, I think, 20th to the, to Bears, the Bears in our yeah. in our in our draft, and uh, for him to go to 27, for him to still be available, I think he's the like as much as they would have been happy with with Tony if he had fallen instead. I, I think that that really the Bateman fits a bit more into what they have in terms of their players, especially with Marquise Brown being the opposite of him. 
just a he just a, has a, that size, but also just playmaking ability in so many different parts of the field. More, yeah, also can play not just played on the outside in the slot. So that that one, I mean, those are that pick in the in the the, the Vikings maybe my favorite too. Uh, that are the, the best picks for uh, in terms of what I think of like what these teams the value they got at the spots they got while filling needs. But like you said, a lot of the guy, a lot of teams like I thought Quiddy Pay was great for the Colts. I think that was a perfect you know fits in exactly what they needed on a defense that's all, also really really talented already, but maybe just needed that one more pass rusher. I think he was perfect there. I it just yeah, a lot of teams have made a lot of good picks. So definitely excited for those guys. Um, even going back to the end of the, the draft, Jason away at 31 there for the Ravens, filling both of their needs. I thought, yeah, you know, Joe Tryon, hopefully he works out really well for for uh, Tampa Bay, but I thought it was going to be Barmore there. That was the one where I was yeah. like, man, exact, with, with Harris going earlier, that was when we had our mock draft. I was saying, like, that, those are the two guys I was really considering. Still think, you know, obviously they – even though they brought everyone back, they don't have a lot of these guys on the defensive line signed long-term. Some of them are definitely not exactly getting any younger. So Tryon fits in well, gets a play behind probably be more of a situational uh, third-down kind of rusher as a rookie just because, he, as they kind of talked about on the broadcast, he struggled a bit uh, as a run defender. But, yeah, it uh, wasn't, as, wasn't as many, like, uh, what is this team doing picks. Yeah. Really the Raiders won. It's not even, again, it, like you're saying, like Leatherwood could be – really, really talented and has a lot of potential. It's just you, you got to understand the value of these, like where these guys are going to go and why, like, just understanding where they're probably going to go otherwise. Uh, that's the part that is a little confusing for me, and it just continues to be for the Raiders. But, hey, it's, they've been operating like this, like you said. This isn't a new thing. We should be expecting this at this point. Yep, we should. And uh, one guy who does not have to travel far, and that is uh, the guy who's going to travel the least amount of miles to go to his next team. That's Jalen Phillips from Miami. Yes. Who um, goes from the <laughs> University of Miami to the Miami Dolphins um, at 18, which uh, I thought that was a pretty good pick yeah. uh, there for the Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really overall, I mean, like you said, there's there's a lot to take away. There's a lot that we will be breaking down on these. But uh, one thing I think that really stood out as well, uh, the Jags may give up 50, but they're going to try to score 50 um, because they, <laughs> they they bring back James Robinson at running back. They take Travis Etienne as well. Um, you go quarterback, running back in the first round. Um, so Urban Meyer is ready to score some points uh, in Jacksonville. So we will see uh, how that unfolds there for the Jags, I guess. But um, Dylan, what a what what a first round, like we said. We knew yeah. it was going to be crazy, um, but I really do. Like I think for the most part, there are very few teams you can point to and say that team just completely you know screwed up what they should have done. Um, again, some of these you dig a little bit deeper, maybe the value wasn't there, but. I think some teams made some really good picks. And as we said, some of those teams in the 20s, I think, got some really good value based on such a run on quarterbacks, um, you know, wide receivers early on in the draft. And that allowed some of those other guys uh, to drop to that point. But I know we'll have everything covered over clutch points, uh, all the coverage of the first round, not only that, uh, but also the, uh, you know, the other rounds as we go throughout the weekend. They tell everybody we can find all of that over clutch points. Yeah, you can read all of our trade grades for the, the couple deals that were made during the draft. We're breaking down predictions, or way too early predictions, for all these players in their rookie seasons with their new teams. And we'll continue to follow along. Yet today we had our whole, you know, as we do every year, a draft tracker article we're updating with. Live, it's like a live blog that updates throughout the draft with uh, you know about the players that each team got and just keeping 
that were an update there. We'll continue to do that through the second and third round tomorrow. In terms of the Jaguars, yeah, like you're saying, we'll see if they can <laughs> see if they'll upgrade that defense a bit. They have drafted a lot of defenders in past years, and they do have a luxury, you know, even though they take the running back there in the first round uh, with the 33rd overall pick, the 44th. So they got a couple second rounders. We'll be covering what they do there, uh, seeing if they can try to stop the other team from scoring a little bit early on and the rest of the uh, rest of the draft. Yeah, a lot of a lot of selections still to come and obviously still that shadow of Aaron Rodgers will have we have plenty of breakdowns of teams that could trade for him. All the every little rumor and every little report that comes out about that you can find in clutchpoints.com, the NFL section and in the NFL section of the Clutch Points app. Well, as is always the case when we record a podcast even at uh, midnight my time. Um, there is news, and that is uh, the Packers. Adam Schefter tweeted this out a few minutes ago. That the mm-hmm. Packers have said we are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. So um, they they have dug in, and guess what? We've heard that from many teams before in the past. And <laughs> two days later, they send the guy packing. So um, yep. we'll see. I think this is probably going to be more of a long, drawn-out thing versus a short-term thing. I think if you're the Packers, you better make it that way because um, you wait as long as you possibly can probably at this point to make that move. But uh, also knowing that calendar's about to hit May and, you know, it's you better figure something out here pretty quickly. So um, we'll see what happens. Like you said, everything covered at Clutch Points. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast after use, you can find us there. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you as always for listening. We'll see you guys next time here on the Podcast.